Today on the Inside Scoop, Hugh Freeze has Auburn recruiting on fire. Tennessee looking to add another five-star wide receiver to their commit list. But first, we got to talk Florida State. We talked all last week about five-star cornerback Charles Lester. Would it be FSU? Would it be Colorado? We went back and forth. FSU fans felt confident. Colorado fans felt confident. Then a visit to Colorado midweek sent FSU fans in an absolute panic. But in the end, Charles Lester, the five-star corner out of Sarasota, Florida, picked FSU, and it's been FSU. How do I know? Because Charles Lester dropped this video with his commitment. recruiting for you and I know what a lot of you are thinking right now Josh on three had the video did you know you knew this the whole time I didn't know until that video even existed until Thursday but my pick has been in since April on Charles Lester to FSU I didn't need no video to know that he was going to FSU I knew that since April Long time coming. Charles Lester grew up a big time FSU fan. And yes, I do believe Colorado gave them reason to sweat. But this was FSU for a long time, maybe well before Charles Lester was even a high school recruit. And FSU's weekend wasn't done. It was just getting started because a day later, the Knowles flipped Manassi Ititi from USC. A big get because they hosted Ititi in the spring. Thought they were going to land a commitment from the four-star offensive tackle. But then he takes an official visit at USC in June. He commits to the Trojans on the spot. Probably a bit of an emotional decision. And after thinking about it for three, four weeks, FSU offensive line coach Alex Atkins gets his guy. He stays on him. And he gets the flip. FSU goes from 14 all the way up to five in about a week. And the Knowles might not be done yet. It might not be done with their last USC flip because FSU really likes Jason Zandamella, the four-star interior offensive lineman out of Clearwater, Florida. He also committed to USC shortly after his official visit in June. He canceled his FSU visit, but watch FSU kind of sharks in the water there circling. They're going to stay on Zandamella, and they have a chance of flipping him as well. That takes us to the next big target on FSU's board. But I want to bring in national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman for this one. Sam, on August 5th, five-star safety, K.J. Bolden, the number one safety in America, is going to make his decision live right here on the On3 YouTube page. So this would be a great time right now. Hit that like button and subscribe. Subscribe to the On3 YouTube page because we have a ton of live commitments coming and even more recruiting developments. All right, let's talk a little bit about KJ, Sam. That August 5th decision is just about five days away. Ohio State, Alabama, FSU, Auburn, Georgia. I think all teams, maybe except for Alabama, have a good bit of confidence right now in their chances at landing KJ Bolden on Saturday. What's your feel on that? Yeah, KJ Bolden has been keeping his cards close to the vest and he's keeping everyone on the outside on the outside. Um, you know, you talked about of, of his final five. You could say that four of those teams have had different momentum swings over the last couple of weeks in K.J. Bolden's recruitment. We know that, obviously, Georgia is the home state team. He's 
playing for Buford High School along with a five-star plus quarterback commit committed to Georgia, Dylan Rayola. Um, Georgia would obviously love to keep K.J. Bolden home. We know that he has family ties to the Buckeyes, and Ohio State recruiting is just beginning to kind of pick up gear, and then they're recruiting as if you would expect the Buckeyes to be recruiting five-star defensive backs like K.J. Bolden. And then, of, of course, we've heard about the optimism in Florida State. They just pulled in five-star cornerback Charles Lester. They have a top-five class and hoping to add to it with K.J. Bolden, who, Josh, you know, grew up rooting for Florida State. And then let's not discount Auburn. That's had a couple of five-star flips in the past week. Hugh Freeze and, and that Auburn coaching staff are on, are on fire right now on the recruiting trail. They get K.J. Bolden for his last visit. He's again reunited with the face of that Auburn 2024 class, Walker White, and there's some confidence in the Plains as August 5th looms. Yeah, it's kind of amazing in this day and age of college football recruiting for K.J. Bolden, the number one safety in America, to go into this decision with so many teams feeling a good bit of optimism. Like I said, probably everybody except Alabama in that top five has a feeling that they have a shot at landing K.J. Bolden on Saturday. Now, he just came off of a visit to the Plains. He was at Auburn for Big Cat Weekend. We're going to get Jeffrey Lee on the show here later to really go in depth on what that visit meant for K.J. Bolden and his recruitment. But just a couple things coming out of that. Sam, we talked a lot last week about how important these last official visits are or these last-minute visits are to a decision. Now, he's made a lot of trips. Auburn probably one of the least visited schools in his top five, but are you giving them a real chance to land KJ on Saturday? Yeah. You know, to the way that I look at KJ Bolden's recruitment is these visits. We don't know which ones move the needle and which ones don't. Right. We've talked about in the past that did, did, did one school set the bar really high for KJ Bolden, like Georgia at the beginning of his recruitment, or did that last visit to Auburn kind of change the the landscape of his recruitment? It all depends on which move the needle. To me, this is Georgia versus the field. Um, the way that Georgia is recruiting, the way that they do recruit their home state first, and obviously elite defensive players. That's Kirby Smart's specialty, Fran Brown's specialty since he's arrived in Athens as well. But there are multiple out-of-state teams that have, you know, like you said, really valid shots at landing KJ Bolden. I don't feel necessarily great about any one of them. So to me, it's Georgia versus the field, and the field is very much alive in, in this race. Yeah, that's a better way of saying, of my saying is Georgia till it ain't, and you're kind of saying the same thing. Uh, <laughs> about this Auburn visit, though, KJ, you, you said it. KJ's done an incredible job of playing his cards very close to the vest. Nobody really knows where he's leading or what he's doing. But coming out of this Auburn visit, he was awfully loud about – how he nearly committed and he's going to talk to coach Hugh Freeze at the at the last time he talks to a coach it's going to be Hugh Freeze just like how Auburn was his final visit Hugh Freeze will be his final phone call I just wonder if KJ's putting out a little Auburn smoke there in the days leading up or are you buying that Auburn is just surging in this recruitment what, what is our old go-to saying, Josh? Actions speak louder than words. So the actions, sure, um, you visited Auburn last. They have the last shot to kind of change your mind or, or affirm something in your mind. But do we really think that Hugh Freeze is going to be the last phone call? Is he letting Hugh Freeze like, yes, I'm in? Or, hey, Coach Freeze, I let uh, Coach Kirby or, or Coach They know that I'm coming in. I think actions speak louder than words. So it's one thing to say all this. I think he is spinning the right, the right yarn right now. He is keeping all the outsiders on the outside, all the insiders mm -hmm. on the outside. But to me, what actually happens versus what he says is going to happen could be two different things. 
Yeah, we'll make our final predictions on Thursday. We don't have to do it today, Sam, because we still have one more show before his Saturday decision. So we're going to gather all the intel, talk to all of our sources, and we'll be back here on Thursday to talk more KJ Bolden and give you guys a prediction. All right, let's move on to David Stone, the five-star defensive lineman at IMG Academy. He set a decision date. It's going to be August 26th. Big news because he's got Miami, UF, Michigan State, Oregon, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma in the running. Now, at times, it was Michigan. It was going to be Michigan State, actually. At one point, he nearly committed there. Miami made a big move. UF was able to get him on campus. And then you got Oregon, Texas, A&M, and Oklahoma, who have been in his recruitment for a long time. Sam, break this thing down for us. And what do you think where David Stone's going to end up? Yeah, try try reading between the lines on David Stone's recruitment or try following all the places that he's visited in that time span. What we know is David Stone has had a long and winding recruitment simply for the fact that he has been a blue chip recruit in the face of the country's eyes since he was a, a sophomore in high school mm-hmm. back in Oklahoma. We have, remember he's from Oklahoma City. Um, listen, you, you are 100 percent spot on. I think that if, if Mel Tucker was still had the same coaching staff he had at this time last year when the Spartans were trending with David Stone, this recruitment might have already been over at this point. Um, David Stone has continued to explore his options. And one thing for sure is. As a lot of these coaching staffs change and a lot of these you know, other contenders have kind of been in and out, the one consistent has been Oklahoma. Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, and Brent Venables we know is a defensive line first sort of organization. It's also the home school uh, for David Stone in this particular situation. I think as soon as Michigan State's coaching staff started to disassemble, we know that Marco Coleman went to his alma mater at Georgia Tech. Brandon Jordan, who was leading Stone's recruitment, is now with the Seattle Seahawks. I think that opened the door for a few schools and most notably the Sooners. They've got him on campus for the Champ U barbecue. That was their biggest recruiting weekend of June. And I think as he gets ready for his senior season, his final at IMG, I think Oklahoma is the team to beat. Mm, yeah, it points. It seemed like maybe Miami would be the sleeper here, but they kind of faded after those summer visits. And right now I'm kind of with you on David Stone. I think Oklahoma is probably the team to beat heading into that August 26th decision. All right, now let's talk about Nathaniel Frazier, the four-star running back out of California. He's actually the number one running back in the on-three rankings, the number two ranked running back in the industry rankings. He's going to decide on August 6th. He's doing it at 3 p.m. You know it right here on the on-three YouTube page. We're going to have Nathaniel Frazier making his decision. Bama, UGA, Oregon, and Texas A&M. Sam, what's your quick read on Nate Frazier's recruitment heading into this August 6th decision? Yeah, he was expected at AM. I don't think that he showed up. From talking to people, this this seems to be coming down to the the two you would expect it to come down to, Georgia and Alabama. He's high on both of their boards. Um, the one thing I can tell you for sure is one of these teams is going to luck out and find a stud running back, and the other is going to have to quickly scamper for options. This, this commitment of Nathaniel Frazier speaks volumes for the rest of the running back boards nationally with Georgia and Alabama leading the way. Well, you said that some of these teams are going to have to scramble for a back, and one of these backs that's available is Duncanville, Texas, four-star running back Caden Durham. You, but you put a pick in, and it's not for any of these teams. Explain <laughs> where you think Caden Durham is going and why. Yeah, I recently changed my RPM. I moved it from Oklahoma to LSU for Caden Durham, the on-300 running back from Duncanville. Um, he's made two visits to Baton Rouge in the last two months a multi-day visit unofficially this this past weekend. Um, we, he was already scheduled to make a decision at the end of August before Duncanville kicks off its week one uh, affair against South Oak Cliff. After visiting Baton Rouge, we expect that timeline to be moved up a bit. 
Um, Oklahoma has, listen, this month they picked up a commitment from RB1 in the country, Taylor Tatum from Longview, Texas. They have a couple of other backs committed and a couple others still sitting on their board. They're making moves behind the scenes. And it looks like LSU is in the driver's seat with Caden Durham, one of the best backs in the country. Well, he's out of Duncanville, Texas, so you know where that takes us, right? To five-star edge, <laughs> Colin Simmons, the number one ranked edge in the country out of Duncanville High School. Now, he was at LSU this weekend for Bayou Splash. I love that name. Uh, he put out an ominous tweet last week kind of saying that he's going to make a decision or drop a decision date. What are you hearing in terms of when he's going to announce? Yeah, there, there's multiple schools of thought on Colin Simmons, the number one edge in the country. There are some that think he'll follow in the same blueprint as Caden Durham and his other teammate, Kadavian Dotson Walker, have a decision made before that week one kickoff. There are others, you know, that are in his circle that maybe want him to make a decision, but when he makes a decision, he wants it to be final. That's also opened the door that this could play out a little bit into the season. You have to remember, he took a couple of official visits in June. He made it to Texas. Um, he made it to Oregon. But he has still not taken his official visit to, to LSU. Yeah. A&M is still working to get an official visit. He didn't make it to A&M. I think this could continue to go on. But one thing for sure, LSU and Texas are the two teams that I can assure you will be at the race for five-star plus edge Colin Simmons until the end. So let's say Caden Durham follows your recruiting prediction machine pick for LSU. How does Durham's decision, or if at all, influence Colin Simmons' decision? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if any one of his teammates or friends decision is really going to alter what Colin Simmons is going to do in the end. But I can tell you it's a similar situation with Caden Durham, who, like Colin, has not taken his official visit to LSU. So if Caden Durham does, in fact, commit to LSU in the next month or so, he'll probably get back for a game for an official visit before he inks on the dotted line. It would make sense for Colin to possibly take his official visit to LSU with his buddy for that visit. But their recruitments are completely independent. LSU in Texas for Colin Simmons. It was LSU versus Oklahoma for Caden Durham. A lot, lot of pieces still left to fall here, Josh. Speaking of pieces, there are a lot to fall. You're right, Sam. So we're going to get to it. Thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop, talking some recruiting. Let's talk Big Cat Weekend with Jeffrey Lee of Auburn Live. Now, we're going to talk K.J. Bolden here in just a minute, but there's an even bigger topic we got to address first. And, Jeffrey, you actually called your shot. The last time you were on the show, I asked you who would be the next to commit to Auburn. Not only did you get the name right, but you said he's going to flip from Alabama. Perry Thompson did just that. On Saturday, during Big Cat Weekend, he flipped his commitment from Alabama to Auburn, shocked the recruiting world, but there's one person that didn't shock, and that was you. How did you know that it had potential to go down this weekend? Well, Josh, to be honest with you, I've been hearing for about a month since his mm -hmm. official visit back in the middle of June that he was considering flipping and was very seriously considering flipping. The hesitancy that I had with him, as, uh, along with Demarcus Riddick, who was in the same boat, I've been hearing since the middle of June that both of those guys had planned on committing at the end of flipping at the end of July. But with the history of Auburn and, and Georgia and Alabama and, and five-star recruits, it hasn't been on the side of Auburn. Uh, you know, I, I've heard Auburn. I heard Auburn for Tony Mitchell all up until signing day last year that he was going to flip. He was going to mm -hmm. flip. Well, he did. Um, and, and it's almost like I learned my lesson. But and I actually I thought I did. I said I wouldn't put in a prediction for either of those two guys. But the closer we got to commitment time, it was just all Auburn and it was genuine interest and it was behind the scenes. And 
um, th these guys were sold probably back in the middle of June after their official visit. So I, I felt comfortable the day before each of their uh, announcements. Of course, Perry never publicly said he was going to announce, but I think it was pretty pretty widely accepted that he mm -hmm. was going to do something like Big Cat. So felt some confidence there. And to be honest with you, Josh, you know, you know Cam Coleman, I thought he was a very integral part of this Auburn class. He committed to Texas A&M, and I'm thinking, well, here we go again. Like, this is still the same Auburn. They can't get that in-state five-star kid from down the road. And so so that lack of confidence uh, was, was pretty much overturned with the flip of DeMarcus Riddick and the flip of, of Perry Thompson. Put that in perspective. I know Auburn fans probably understand what's gone underway in the last five days, but to flip DeMarcus Riddick from the defending champ, George Bulldogs, he's a five-star linebacker, then to go three days later and flip a five-star from Alabama, put this in perspective for fans that are watching. What does this mean? What sort of statement was made by Hugh Freeze and that staff? History. In my 20-plus years of covering, and I went back and covering Auburn recruiting, I have never seen Auburn flip in-state five-star kids from Alabama. Uh, you know, and the only one that I can think of was was uh, was Brent Callaway, and I don't think he was a five star, but he ended up flipping back to Alabama on signing day, and so Alabama has flipped several five star guys from Auburn. T.J. Yeldon, and Cyrus, uh, not T uh, Cyrus Carangio, although he was a five star. Uh, Reuben Reuben Foster, they D liner, they flipped several guys from Auburn. Auburn hasn't done the same to Alabama, uh, which which again gave me some hesitancy that prediction, but. Man, Hugh Freeze has talked about flipping the script. The script that I've had for the past 23 years has been flipped. Hmm. Wow. Well, Auburn fans, do me a favor right now. Like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. We're going to keep talking Auburn as long as they are hot on the trail, and it doesn't seem like they're letting up anytime soon. All right. Last Thursday when you were on the show, we talked about the importance of getting DeAndre Carter back on campus. He's a four-star interior offensive lineman out of California. And he was on campus on Saturday. What's the intel coming out of that visit? What does it look like in terms of a timeline for his decision? He came into the visit, Texas, Michigan State, Auburn, kind of his top three. So proximity to home was not a big issue. You know, he came to Auburn back in June on an official visit. So that was a paid trip. But when you get a kid coming back a month later, a, a cross-country trip paid on his own dime to visit to spend uh, multiple nights in Auburn to be with the coaches, you know his interest is real. And I feel like yesterday or, or Saturday was was really uh, an integral part of his recruitment to being around a more relaxed setting, a more fun setting, seeing these coaches in a different light and, and being around other recruits' commitments and, and guys that really want him to be at Auburn. I feel like the family atmosphere is very important to DeAndre. And I would not be surprised. I actually put in a prediction for him to, uh, to commit to Auburn. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't uh, next. In the next couple of days, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a, a decision. All right. So we got DeAndre Carter on commit watch, at least, you know, over the next couple of days. We'll see what happens. Now, I saw that UGA four-star wide receiver commit Nikar was on campus. Is he a flip target? What's going on with that recruitment to Auburn? He has been. You know, he visited back in the spring and had really good things to say about Auburn. Of course, he committed to Georgia, and we haven't heard much about him at all, to be honest with you, since then, Josh. And then yesterday, you know, we're at, we're at the uh, the registration or the, the entrance to the building there where all the, the recruits come to register for Big Cat. And I looked and I said, that, that's Nikar. It was almost like, man, I've forgotten about him. 
And, and, and I, but Auburn obviously hasn't. He, he, he showed up to Auburn mid-afternoon on Saturday. He spent the night, spent early part of Sunday in Auburn with Marcus Davis, with Hugh Freeze. So even though Auburn has Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons, Perry Thompson all committed, they're still going after guys like Nykar, like Cam Coleman. So they're, they're, uh, the wide receiver group obviously is not finished or, or they wouldn't be still bringing these guys in. Interesting just to see that they're going after another one of Georgia's top commitments. Uh, Zaquan Patterson was there. He's not committed. He's a four-star DB out of South Florida. We talked about him. This was a big visit coming into the weekend. What are your sources saying coming out of the weekend? Still some work to do, I think. Uh, I'm not as confident in Auburn's chances as maybe I was. That doesn't mean much, but uh, he, he talked to us yesterday you know, he's going back home. Miami seems to be uh, in, in there as well. He, he mentioned Miami a couple of times to us, but uh, Auburn is certainly in this. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, Zach Etheridge was putting the, uh, the heat on him before he left on Saturday. All right, let's get to it. K.J. Bolden, number one safety in America, five-star prospect. He was at the Plains, on the Plains, for Big Cat Weekend. Now, what was Auburn trying to accomplish with this visit? To seal the deal. You know, we talked about last week, Josh, that, man, don't count Auburn out of this guy. You know, Ohio State, uh, Georgia, Florida State, all those schools are, are certainly in the mix for, for K.J. Bolden. But, man, Auburn has been quietly just surging up his recruitment. He left on Saturday and said, you know, I almost committed. Hugh Freeze just made me feel uh, so good about Auburn and so good about my, my potentially uh, potential success here that I almost committed. Now, this is a, uh, less than a week before his announcement. And what did Hugh Freeze say? He wanted Hugh Freeze say he wanted uh, KJ Bolden, the last person you talk to. I want I want the last conversation. And uh, Hugh's already got the, the last visit from KJ. So here we are, you know, five to six days out from KJ's commitment. And I really feel like Auburn is solidly in his top two. I think Florida State's in there as well. I think uh, just from talking to people close to his recruitment. Ohio State and Georgia's might have slipped. In Auburn and Florida State, this might be an Auburn and Florida State battle. Mm. So here we sit five days from his decision, which will be August 5th, and it will be on the On3 YouTube channel. Jeffrey, are you close to putting a pick in for Auburn? I am. I'm close. I'm 50-50 I'm right now. I will update my hot boards on Monday morning, and I will have K.J. Bolden at 50-50, and then I will update them again on Friday, the day before his announcement. Right now, Josh, you know, if, if you know my toes are to the ledge and somebody saying jump or, or give me a prediction, I, I would give the slight edge right now just because he was in town for Big Cat, because Perry Thompson, because DeMarcus Riddick, all these guys, Jalen Crawford, are all going to be recruiting K.J. Bolden. Uh, I, I give Auburn the slight edge. Now, ask me again at the end of the week, and it might be different, but I, I feel like uh, early in the week, fresh off the Big Cat visit, uh, I like where Auburn stands. So if that happens and the last visit meant a lot to K.J. Bolden, we'll see. Now, coaches tend to get a pass in this first year in recruiting. How many games do you think that Hugh Freeze needs to win to not only keep this class together, but to continue to recruit at this same pace? I say seven. I think a winning record. And I think it's, it's not so much important, maybe the record, or how many losses, but how did he look in those losses? How did those teams fight in those losses? Are, what's the trend here? How are you feeling if you're an Auburn fan? Are you are, are you pleased with the seven wins? But if there is, you know, if there are seven wins, more I think it depends more on the losses. How do you look against Alabama? How do you look against Georgia? How do you look against LSU and A and M and Ole Miss? 
how do you look against those teams? Do you, are you are you walking away with hope? Do you see improvement? And uh, do you see success on the horizon? You can see. You, you know, you can tell. I, I, I think Auburn fans, their expectations should be around what Tennessee has had with Josh Heupel. And, you know, he, he's done really well there. I think in his second year he was 10 wins, beat Alabama. And I think Hugh Freeze is, is kind of on that same trajectory uh, at, at the very least, I will say. I, I feel like anything less than seven wins, um, I, I really don't see that happening. I think uh, Vegas has it at six and a half. Maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the over on this team. I, I feel like he did a great job in the transfer portal, and he's got these kids believing. I, I was told yesterday by a couple of players, this season's going to be fun. Yeah, and I agree. I think if, if Auburn can win seven, it's a good starting foundation. It's not to say that seven's going to be the goal moving forward, but like you said, it's kind of like you got to start somewhere, and at least seven wins keeps this class together. It keeps Hugh Freeze recruiting with the battery in his back, and you never know. So here we are. We're sitting here. We're flipping Georgia commitments. We're flipping Alabama commitments. It's an exciting time to be an Auburn Tiger recruiting fan. Jeffrey Lee, thank you for stopping by the Inside Scoop today. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. Tennessee hosted its final recruiting weekend of the summer. The Big Orange Picnic was a success. Let's bring on Austin Price of VolQuest to discuss. Four-star linebacker Chris Cole was on campus, one of the Vols' top linebacker targets. We're expecting a mid to late August decision from him. So what are your sources saying coming out of this visit? Well, Tennessee did a really good job there. Um, they've kind of been building some momentum the last, you know, month, month and a half. They tried like crazy in June to get him down here, but you know, he already kind of had his weekend set up. Uh, he still has one official visit to take. Could that be the Tennessee of the fall? I certainly think it could be. Uh, some other schools like Alabama are trying to get him to come as well, uh, Josh. But, you know, Tennessee's done a nice job. I think this is Tennessee-Georgia. I think the distance, you know, eliminates Miami. That's just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. It feels like that, you know, being able to get, uh, you know, fairly frequently to the – you know, to the games is important for the family. And uh, getting to Miami is probably a little tougher than, you know, getting to Knoxville, which is, you know, about four hours, or getting to Athens, which is, is a further drive, but still much more doable. So it feels like Tennessee, Georgia there. And I think, honestly, the longer this goes, uh, the better it favors Tennessee. I think if, you know, Georgia's, you know, you saw them, you know, they start to squeeze a few kids here and there. And, uh, you know, if, if he doesn't get squeezed and, and jump in the boat in Athens, I think that Tennessee's got a pretty good shot here. Yeah, Georgia can't take them all. Uh, but I want to now talk about somebody that was not on campus for the for the Orange Picnic, but he was on campus on Friday. That's four-star wide receiver Amari Jefferson, who's going to make his decision on August 4th on the On3 YouTube page. It's getting exciting. Now, he was in Knoxville on Friday. Then he was in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. So... Austin, we're getting down to it. What are you hearing on wide receiver Amari Jefferson? I took both visits, uh, similar comments coming out of both. You know, wanted one last time to see the staff and all that stuff. Hmm. I've leaned Alabama for a while. Um, there's still some of this recruitment that just screams Tennessee to me. But, uh, you know, it feels like, you know, he and the family are, are pretty enamored with, with playing for, for Coach Saban. Um, you know, I think the baseball component definitely favors Tennessee, but, you know, He's quick to say that, you know, you know, I'm going to be on football scholarship, which he would be. You can't be on baseball scholarship and play football. So, you know, he wants to be a two-sport star. You don't see that happen a whole, whole lot. Kyler Murray obviously had some success. Jameis Winston dabbled a little bit as a pitcher at Florida State. 
Charlie Ward. That was 30 years ago when he last played two sports when he was with basketball and, and, and football. And of course, Bo and, 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 you know, you know, Deion Sanders, a lot of those guys are a long time ago. So it doesn't happen a whole lot, uh, but he is talented enough to do so. Um, you know, I still lean Alabama as of this current time. And, you know, we'll see if that changes between now and his decision. But have you put your pick in? No, I don't do the picks, Josh. I'm a firm believer in no picks. It'll protect the kids, uh, protect the kids moment. That's how I feel about it. But that's, you know, again, to each his own. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at with it. All right. Well, right now you're leaning towards Alabama. Who knows where you'll be leaning at the end of the week. We'll check back in with you now. I got to get your final thoughts on Bennett Warren. As we film this, he's going to make his decision in about four hours. So Bennett Warren, big time offensive tackle. What are you hearing in the moments before his decision? Yeah, again, I feel like Tennessee's done a great job there. They did a phenomenal job on his official visit here. Um, he has, you know, really been smitten with Tennessee for the last six weeks. And, uh, you know, I think the whole month of July, he's been, you know, heavily Tennessee. I think a few people have, you know, you know, wanted him to kind of take his time with the decision. I think he's finally ready um, to pull the trigger. And again, uh, you know, as we head into it, I still feel like Tennessee's got the most momentum. How important is he for this recruiting class for Tennessee? Massive. You know, offensive tackle is a big position of need for Tennessee. Uh, he's a big, big boy, six foot eight and 330 pounds. And so it, I don't think you can, you know, talk about it enough how important, you know, you know, offensive tackles or defensive tackles uh, are for Tennessee in this class. All right. The next guy I want to talk about, I felt like he was fading. I thought that Tennessee was no longer in the picture, to be honest with you. And then Ryan Wingo showed up in Knoxville. So the five-star wide receiver shows up for a visit. He's been all over the place. But, Austin, where does Tennessee stand right now for Ryan Wingo? Yeah, I never thought they faded at all. I just thought there was more teams entering the mix. I thought Tennessee was always right there. Um, going to take him. He's always been visiting Tennessee in November. Officially, he, you know, Tennessee, you know, I think wisely didn't want to waste their OV in the summertime when he was going to go likely the distance. I mean, he continues to say basically the first day of the early signing periods when he'll announce his decision. Now, could it change? Sure. I mean, you know, kids change their minds all the time, uh, one way or the other. And so, uh, but right now, he looks like he's going to go the distance, and Tennessee wisely waited to have that OV until the month of November when uh, he'll roll in here for that Georgia game. So I think Tennessee's definitely in the mix. So is Texas, Miami, you can you, you name it. There's a lot of schools after Ryan Wingo. But, you know, he and Kelsey Pope have a really good relationship, and, and I think that's why you saw him come in here a couple times in the spring and then obviously, uh, you know, earlier this week. All right, let's flip to the other side of the ball and top, talk top defensive line targets now. Neither Cam Franklin or Williams Winery is going to come easy. Both are elite prospects at the defensive line position. But in your opinion right now, who does Tennessee sit in better position with? You know, I've heard a lot, you know, I've heard Tennessee, you know, mention, you talk about fading. It felt like Tennessee was fading for both of those guys yeah. uh, the last month, you know, or so. But then the last about, you know, week to 10 days, I've heard more and more about both, you know, Cam Franklin, you know, obviously has some people around him that, that are fond of Tennessee, fond of the orange and white. And I think that that, you know, has helped things. He went to Miami, he's gone to Auburn. And I, I think to me, this honestly sets up, you know, everybody keeps saying Miami, but it just feels like Tennessee or Auburn to me. Like, I'm just not sure he's a Miami kid. 
grandma is very comfortable with Coach Garner in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think she would be very comfortable with Auburn. Distance from home, not too bad. Ability for the family to come see him play, you know, really, really reasonable. And so, to me, I think this comes down to Tennessee and Auburn. Again, could it end up being Miami? Sure, but in my estimation, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think ultimately it comes down to Tennessee or Auburn. And then Winery, you know, we'll see. He's been at Oregon this weekend. You know, Missouri's making a big push. I don't think Tennessee's going to go quietly into the night. And, uh, you know, then there's still Georgia who, uh, you know, can't fault any defensive guy for wanting to go look at playing for the Bulldogs. So, you know, interesting dynamic here because I think, you know, again, I felt like Tennessee was fading for both, but it feels like they've kind of almost pulled an undertaker and raised up from the dead (laughs) a little bit uh, here over the last week to 10 days. Yeah, hey. Everybody ebbs and flows in recruiting, and Tennessee was hot at different times, and they're starting to get hot right now. We'll see if they can land Bennett Warren here in just a couple hours and keep this thing rolling. Austin Price, thank you for stopping by today on the Inside Scoop. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me, and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.